Hey everyone, welcome back to A Reason for Hope Candid. This episode will again feature our Director of Theology, Dr. David Hyduck. As the second episode in our three-part Advent series, he will continue his reflection on our Lord's final Advent at the end of time. We're going to be picking up where Dr. Hyduck left off, so if you haven't listened to part one, definitely go back and check that out before listening to part two, as each part builds on the other. Without further ado, Dr. David Hyduck. After this, the Son of Man will appear. But what will this appearance be like? St. Cyril of Alexandria explains that his second advent from heaven will not happen secretly as did his coming at first, but will be illustrious and terrifying. The scriptures attest that after the tribulations, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with much power and majesty. The sign of the Son of Man is, of course, the cross. And the sight of the cross causes two types of mourning. In the righteous and those disposed to repentance, the mourning will be for their sins, and they will beg for God's mercy and call upon the precious blood of Jesus shed for them on the cross with holy fear. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. In the reprobate and those with hard and rebellious hearts, the mourning will be over the terror of the imminent judgment for their sins, sins which the sight of the cross will reveal crucified the Savior anew daily, and by which they had mocked Jesus, profaned his precious blood, and blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Before I continue, I know there might be those who find all of this talk of fear and trembling to be off-putting and the language of a bygone era. Shouldn't we be awaiting in joyful hope the coming of Jesus, as the former English translation of the embolism from the Mass of Pope Paul VI stated? But what is the blessed hope for which we should await? That Jesus will come to judge his people, granting salvation to those who have persevered to the end, trusting in his merciful love. As it says in the Apocalypse, here is the patience of the saints who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. From henceforth now saith the Spirit that they may rest from their labors, for their works follow them. If I may make an observation, I grew up in the church in the 70s and 80s. Whatever beforehand was customary as far as preaching hellfire and brimstone certainly was not what I grew up with. I heard, almost incessantly, that Jesus was human like us. He was your friend. You could tell him anything. He always forgave you. His love was unconditional. There was nothing I could do to make him love me any more or any less. And this is all true, understood in the proper way. But the message that accompanied this as I grew up was equally loud and clear. God will not judge you. He forgives all and everybody is saved. You can live as you like. Just don't be a jerk and don't judge anything. The commandments or the teachings of the church are optional. Just follow your conscience. Your heart will tell you what's right. Jesus suffered so you don't have to. So enjoy life. 
That's what really pleases God. He just wants you to be happy. May I suggest that this formation ran counter to everything the church has taught since our blessed Lord walked the earth, everything the apostles and the great fathers and doctors of the church have taught? It's time for an authentic racehorse monk or return to the sources. The Lord first came as a lamb, but will return as a lion. Jesus loves us and gave himself for us, but he is the divine logos, consubstantial with the Father, the one true and living God, creator and Lord of heaven and earth, almighty, eternal, immense, incomprehensible, infinite in intelligence, in will, and in all perfection, ineffably exalted above all things which exist or are conceivable except himself. This is why even the beloved disciple, who once laid upon the Lord's breast at the Last Supper, fell prostrate before the vision of the glorified Christ in heaven as recorded in the Apocalypse. But what will happen once he appears? After Christ kills the Antichrist, he will destroy the earth. All the images of this are of a great and universal conflagration. Then the earth will be completely changed in both form and appearance. The general resurrection of the dead will follow. All human beings, whoever they are and whenever and wherever they lived, and no matter how long they lived, will rise from the dead. And at a great trumpet blast, all will be summoned to the last judgment. Christ says, And he shall send his angels with a trumpet and a great voice, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from the farthest parts of the heavens to the utmost bounds of them. And St. Paul confirms it. We shall all indeed rise again, but we shall not all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall rise again incorruptible, and we shall be changed. The bodies of the righteous will shine with a glorious and radiant beauty. The bodies of the reprobate will be twisted and hideous, resembling devils more than men. All will come before the judgment seat of Christ, and our Lord himself has told us what this scene will be like. And when the Son of Man shall come in his majesty, and all the angels with him, then shall he sit upon the seat of his majesty, and all nations shall be gathered together before him, and he shall separate them one from another as the shepherd separateth the sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Now a few little notes. First, Jesus says, all the angels. In the scriptures, the prophet Daniel saw just one angel and was so struck with terror that he fell to the ground as if dead. Every time an angel appears in the Bible, it says, do not be afraid. Now, tradition indicates that there are nine choirs of angels and that the lowest choir has ten times the number of human beings that ever lived. Every subsequent choir has ten times more angels than the one below it. So can you fathom what the number of angels will be at the final judgment when all the angels will appear with the Son of Man? If one angel causes one to fall down as if dead, what will the sight of all be like? 
Second, what of the vision of the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and majesty? While the Psalms attest, The Lord hath reigned, let the earth rejoice, let many islands be glad. Clouds and darkness are round about him, justice and judgment are the establishment of his throne. A fire shall go before him, and shall burn his enemies round about. His lightnings have shone forth to the world. The earth saw and trembled. The mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of all the earth. The heavens declared his justice, and all people saw his glory. And the prophets also. For behold, the Lord will come with fire, and his chariots are like a whirlwind, to render his wrath and indignation, and his rebuke with flames of fire. And Jesus himself proclaims, For as lightning cometh out of the east, and appeareth even into the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And if we look to the Apocalypse, we find this. And I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and with justice doth he judge and fight. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many diadems, and he had a name written, which no man knoweth but himself. And he was clothed with a garment sprinkled with blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies that are in heaven followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth proceedeth a sharp, two-edged sword, that with it he may strike the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God the Almighty. A pretty fearsome sight, even for the elect, who will also rejoice in it. Hey, everybody, we got some exciting news. We have a whole new Array of Hope app and channel, a video destination where everyone can find meaningful and inspiring videos and resources to help bring them closer to God. This is available on your desktop, Roku, Apple TV, iPhones, and Android mobile phones and tablets. This channel has movies, short, faith-filled segments, live events, and programs. You've got to check it out. Sign up by going to watch.arrayofhope.net and then download the app at the App Store by just typing in Array of Hope. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for this special Advent episode of A Reason for Hope Candid. Next week's podcast episode features Mario Costabile's interview with Dr. Ray Garendi. They'll be discussing the joys and struggles of raising a Catholic family. If you haven't already, be sure to follow our podcast so you're always in the loop for new releases. And make sure to follow Array of Hope on social media and check out our music. You can find all this information in the show notes for this episode. Thank you again for listening. And we'll be with you next week for our interview with Dr. Ray Garendi titled Raising a Catholic Family. Until next time, peace be with you.